Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about the difference between price and value. So often I see new houses, new apartments that are very traditional in design. I've got nothing against tradition, but it doesn't take very much thought or imagination to figure out how a family will live in a space. You can tell those who design based on a spreadsheet. They simply maximize the building envelope to see what the zoning code will allow. They maximize the height, they maximize the number of units and the number of bedrooms without any regard to how well that space will live. They put the minimum size closet that will legally classify the room as a bedroom. After all, the appraised value for a two-bedroom apartment is going to be higher than for a one-bedroom. It's all about maximizing the appraised value. Or is it? Those of you who know me will probably figure out what's coming next. That's right, I'm going to bring up the law of supply and demand. But I'm going to focus on a more granular segmentation of the law of supply and demand. It's not just the supply and demand of houses or apartments that matter. It's the features and amenities that matter as well. In a dense urban environment like our projects in Philadelphia, we aim to include parking even if there isn't much land available. You see, there's so little parking available in the core of Philadelphia that it's not just the supply of two-bedroom apartments that matters. It's the supply of two-bedroom apartments with parking that's a differentiator. Unless our society moves to a post-automobile form of transportation, the shortage of parking in Philly is going to continue for decades to come. So if there were ever to be a period of elevated vacancy in Philadelphia, those apartments with parking will always be fully leased. The large garden-style apartment complexes that are increasingly participating in the amenities arms race are all over the country. They're adding a playground for the kids, a dog run, a splash pad for the kids. The list seems to grow longer with each passing year. Go back 10 years. How many people were taking delivery of goods and services through e-commerce? Is there actually a location of large parcels to be held securely? So let's go back to tradition. The traditional home has a formal living room, a dining room, a kitchen, guest bathroom, a master bedroom with the ensuite bath, maybe some kids' bedrooms and a laundry room and a front closet. But today the hub of the house is the kitchen, larger than the kitchens of previous decades. The living room is sometimes furnished but never used, and the formal dining room gets used once every few months, if at all. Today's family is a completely different flow. When a couple walks into an apartment, they look at the kitchen first. If they like the kitchen, they'll look at the master bedroom and the ensuite bath. If they visualize themselves getting ready in the morning, then they'll start to look for a space for their home office. Not one, but two home offices. Yes, you could have two people on video conference calls at the same time. They need to be able to store their files, their books. They need a place to put the printer and scanner. We're not talking about a three-bedroom apartment where two of the bedrooms get used for an office. Don't store the filing cabinets in the closet. We're talking about a one-bedroom apartment with two home offices. And these home offices are not an afterthought. They're not a compromise. They're the ideal workspace. Imagine your new tenant has just been told that the office where they work is going to be closed for the next two years, perhaps indefinitely. How many apartments have designed office space into them? I'm not talking about a desk tucked into a corner as an afterthought. We're talking about a well-thought-out design where both the offices are equally attractive and functional. Not one good office in a poor second office. 
we're talking two very solid offices that are equally desirable. I've seen a lot of designs over the years. I can't think of a single one that does a good job of, of fulfilling this particular need. It's not like this need is a rare occurrence. It's surprisingly commonplace. Some companies are offering an additional housing allowance over and above the base salary. That helps to pay for additional costs of homeownership. Why is it that hardly any designers and architects are working to fulfill this need? I know what you're going to say. The three-bedroom apartment has comparable rent metrics, but there's no comps for a one-bedroom, two-office apartment. The appraiser simply won't know how to value it. Who are you ultimately designing your product for? The appraiser isn't going to live there. Your clients will. And the appraiser won't pay the rent when there's a vacancy. Designing your finished product requires a deeper understanding of your client and how they live. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.